All right. Well, let me, let's just get started. How was your week? It was good. It was good, man. Um, uh, it was busy. It was a busy week. But how was yours? Uh, yeah, it was interesting, to say the least. Kind of prepping for the pre-Thanksgiving sort of stuff. But additionally, tr- just trying to get ahead with additional things. Like you have job job stuff where leading projects and stuff. But then Coder Journey stuff trying to... Uh, have a bit of a backlog so i don't have to like crunch time on tuesdays always write and record a video and like and be like okay now i can you know spend time with uh kendra at night so speaking of um coder journey why don't we tell everybody what we're trying to do here and then uh since this is the first episode yeah that's probably a good idea so uh I guess I am a uh, full-time developer uh, by day and then a, I would say, a programming educator uh, by night. So, yeah, the problem is I'm doing this as a solo gig and I have nobody to talk to about this stuff. So I thought it would be cool to talk to you, Jamie, about the stuff that you're doing and, uh, yeah, get a little bit of feedback from you, give you feedback on the things you're doing. So what are you doing as part of this? Yeah, so we both kind of have – we're both in similar situations where – uh, we kind of have, I guess, side projects, right? So we're not we're not making money off of these projects. Um, maybe eventually we want to. I don't know what your situation is, but we all kind of all have jobby jobs during the day. And my jobby job is uh, I own a consulting company as well that I consider um, kind of my job. Uh, it's not something I want to um, continue you know, building and, and going in that direction. I want to work on my side project. And uh, you have a side project, and so we just want to kind of talk about how our week was and um, see what we have planned on the next week so we can kind of push each other to, to finish that stuff. Um, but I am working on a project called uh, Tatsu, which is uh, about a year and a half old now, uh, and it's a uh, Slack um, bot that allows you to do uh, stand-up meetings in Slack with your team, and um, so it's it's kind of a mature product, um, but there's still a lot a lot to be done. So that is what I work on on the side. I think it's going to be pretty easy for me to go through my stuff right now just because I'm in the early stages of things. And it's not super interesting to talk about um, until we get to kind of the nitty gritty like, oh, these are the things I'm contemplating. But I haven't talked to you about Tatsu in a long time. So I actually want to kick it off by asking you how things have been going and what you're currently working on. Yeah, so uh, Tatsu has been going, I would say, the same, meaning there's no like hockey stick growth but it does provide a steady stream of new users and paid users. Um, but it's a cheap, um, it's an inexpensive product. It, yeah, cheap's uh, not exactly the most yeah, enduring you don't, term. You don't, you're right, you don't use that word, I forgot. Um, but it's it costs $1 per user per month. So if you have a team of three, it's $3 a month. So it's it's going to take a lot of users and teams uh, right now to um, to make it uh, more sustainable, and so that's what I'm like. That's what my main focus is right now, and what my kind of longer term plan is is to add features to uh, 
make it more valuable to the people that use it and then also more valuable for people that aren't using it yet and then play around with the uh, with the pricing model a bit so that it is more sustainable um, in the long run gotcha so are you in the process now of like working on your sales funnel essentially is that what you're trying to do I'm to not. acquire new people Oh. I'm not. I'm and I'm and I'm really bad at that because uh, I want to. I want to release a few features before I do that. So, messing with your sales funnel like is a lot of work, and um, in my head anyway, maybe it's not. But I know that there's a certain number of features that are missing, because uh, Tetsu does have some competitors, and some of them have gotten ahead of Tetsu in a bit. So the feature I'm working on now is um, the ability to uh, tell, tell Tetsu what your stand-up is um, in a direct message. And what a lot of people have asked for that because um, right now Tetsu starts at a certain time and inside of a given room and, every, and it kind of does a round robin where everybody it asks people questions. Uh, for their stand-up and a lot of people will will want to tell them to stand up later or before the stand-up actually happens and so this way uh, people can do that with a direct message with Tetsu and this has kind of been like a long process and I had to get certain things set up for it and so the thing I'm working on right now specifically is conversations so the ability to say to ask uh, the user one thing and then they can respond to that and it continues on to that conversation to get to like a, an end goal and right now Tetsu's up till now Tetsu's been pretty transactional where you ask it one thing it knows exactly what the response should be and goes on from there so um, right now I'm kind of building out a conversational um, piece to Tetsu okay so are those that almost sounds like two different things so you have the the sort of asynchronous part of you want it to happen in direct messages. Mm. And then mm-hmm. you have the, you're also trying to change the, uh, basically the interface to be more of like, I'm talking in natural language instead of passing it commands. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. So the reason that the conversation piece needs to happen is because of the way that somebody will, um, get to, uh, being able to tell Tatsu in a direct message, uh, how they'll get to that point um, in code. So they'll say, hey, I want to start my stand-up. Tetsu's got to ask them, you know, depending on certain situations, if it's for today or the next day or if it was for yesterday. Um, and then they have to be able to um, – then it needs to be able to go on from – the bot needs to go on from there. So there needs to be some sort of conversational framework involved. Oh, okay. Got it. So, yeah. So in the original interface, it was kind of, it runs in a room and it's like, hey, person A, what did you do yesterday? Whatever your next message was becomes like the answer for that. And then it asks you a new question. So instead, now you want it to like, you trigger the second question by saying something specific to it. Yes. Like, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. And Um, what, what, how I'm going to implement it is just basically, um, I mean, we can get nerdy if you want to get nerdy. I mean, I, I, I think getting nerdy is totally fine. So basically what it's going to do is, is run through a series of um, um, creating a conversation object that can then run through 
a series of things that it says, and then when an answer comes along, it fires off the block for that converse, for that piece, for that step in the conversation, and continues on. So it's it's kind of a challenging problem. I've been working on it for like a week already. So I plan on open sourcing it as well. Uh, there's nothing in the Ruby world um, that handles conversations in, in bot uh, interfaces yet. So... So are you doing your own natural language processing stuff on this, or are you using a service? I know you talked about WIT before, WIT.ai. Yeah, I'm not. I'm that, the natural language processing is already in there, and I'm using API.ai. Um, okay, nice name. It's very similar. Yeah, it's, I forgot. Somebody bought it. I think Amazon, maybe. But um, I didn't use WIT.ai because Facebook bought it, and I didn't, you know, what they did with Parse. So I kind of steered away from WIT.ai. Uh, but they're very similar similar services so it doesn't really matter it's actually a pluggable thing in tatsu so you i can switch out the natural language processing engine nice cool do you do you have any estimate on like how long it's going to actually take you to do this you've been working on it for a week so like when's your projected like (laughs) i want to have this feature done this is i'm asking it was like last week all, all engineers hate this question it was like last week um no it's it's close. So my sticking point right now is, you know, the web is stateless, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you get them? I have the structure and the framework of what the conversation does, and it can actually ask the first question. But the, the problem is now is how does it know? How does it get to the third block to fire off? Do I serialize those procs somehow? and store them somehow so that when I know that I'm in the third step for that user in that room, it knows to fire that step off. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of yeah. a, it's an interesting problem in the fact that I need to like serialize these blocks and somehow get to the point where I was before. I'm trying to think of how I would do this in Ruby. Like, I've been messing around with Elixir a lot. So I'm like, oh, you just return the PID back to your thing, and then it, it yes. will know. Uh, you can <laughs> yes. just talk to this process for it. Yes. Um, but, yeah, that doesn't quite work in Ruby. So, no. yeah, it's, so it's almost then, like you want a linked list of things, right? Yeah. So you want, like, this question exactly. is linked to this next one. But I, I, how you're going to store that is going to be a little weird. You, would, yeah. I mean, you might just have to be when somebody's like, oh, I would like to do my stand-up or whatever that first question is, unless they say, hey, Tatsu, yesterday I did this. Um, and you might be able to work off of both those things. But in that situation, they hit you with their first question. You serialize all the objects in said linked list. Um, and then you could clean these up later, right? So it would mm-hmm. give you the first one. Um, and so you know, okay, this is my currently active one. And you mark it in some sort of way once they've answered it. Like you jot the answer on on that on that thing and then mark that as not current and yep. then you would have to trigger the second one to be current and then yep. uh, talk back that way. That's about the only way I could think to do it. And yeah, Ruby. that's a good idea with the link list. That'll, uh, that's a good idea, serializing that at uh, basically every time and then just knowing what place in the link list to go off of, which is an easy problem to solve. The, the biggest problem is, is, is finding those. So that's an interesting question but once i solve that specific question it's not going to take long at all um so um i'm going to say that i'll have this done but i'm not going to be because there's the other thing that i'm working on is there's now all of a sudden a bug that's kind of affecting 
um, a lot of users. And um, not a lot, but, you know, I've seen this bug over the last few days pop up. All of a sudden, it's, um, it's happening to multiple users. And there's really been no code changes in this area. So I don't know what the, the issue is. But the issue is Tetsu will just suddenly stop. It'll stop asking people questions. And really, all Tetsu is right now is a state machine. So it knows exactly in the, stand, in the stand-up where you left off. And it has this current state. And somehow the state is getting changed to a previous state. And that's why nothing, uh, that's why it stops, because it, it either uh, fig- thinks that the stand-up is completed or not, uh, or it hasn't started yet. So there's another weird bug that I have to have, take some time to, to kind of dig through and, and figure out. And that's kind of my, my number one priority right now. Yeah, that, that's kind of a, you know, deal breaker on your stand-ups if they just stop yeah. in the middle of them. Right, yeah. Makes sense. So, so those are the two things I'm planning on, on working on this week. Um, the little bug and the uh, and the conversations. So, what about you, man? So, what have you been working on? Um, well, yeah, like I said, kind of in the beginning, is I'm trying to get a get ahead on my. Currently, I release a one tutorial a week that has a blog post and whatnot associated with it, and uh, that's on YouTube and on on the coderjourney.com. But those and it takes me about four hours ish to do all the prep work and the production and the post-production work for that. Did you say four hours? Yeah, four hours. And all these videos, the longest one's like a half hour long. That doesn't um, seem like... That seems low. Yeah, it, it's, it's it might not be bad, like, uh, in terms of that, but it's a matter of, like, yeah. actually carving out this time because it's like, okay, sure. I have this thing, like, at my commute is 45 minutes each way, and then... Um, Obviously, in the evenings, I, I have, you know, obligations and stuff that I have at my at the house and whatnot. So it's like carving out this time and figuring out the best way to do it. Um, but the big thing is, like, that's not the main focus I want to do. Like, I, I want, I mean, t- these are kind of my thing, right? Tutorials, teaching people stuff, sort of my thing. But as you kind of talked about earlier, it's like this is side business. Coder Journey has made me $0. Uh, it's made me maybe $0.85 cents on YouTube ads because I turned them on for like a month and it was pretty funny. But beyond that, zero dollars, like I've never gotten any income from this. But and and that's something I want to change, like being altruistic and teaching people stuff is great. And honestly, a lot of the content, I'm always going to be putting out free content, but I want to be able to make some money off of it. So the transition point for me right now is to get into building out courses and making like some paid ones. I had a trial course that I made. Um a couple of weeks ago, I got an Airbnb, um, over the weekend and ended up making a Docker course. That was like an intro course. And it's really, it's actually a lot of the same information that I put in some of my tutorials. It's just more contextual and like it's packaged in a nice way and you can see the code and the text there if you want that. And you can leave comments and stuff and it's a lot more organized. So my, my process now is I want to get ahead on tutorials. That way I can free up some more time to actually work on the course stuff. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. So, yeah. So you said a whole bunch of things there that I want to I dig into. Um, so you got an Airbnb last week, right? So you did a little codication type of deal. Yep. Yeah. How, so was it just you? It was this? not just me. So it was me and uh, a buddy of mine is kind of, he's in like early stages of he wants to start an online business and stuff. And I, I guess we can go back there. I have done a, like a lot to like learn what it even takes to like run a business as a thing. So I've, I've thought about Coder Journey as a business 
ever since it's like inception. So I've never had the, like I took a chunk of money. I'm like, okay, this is business fund. Like create a new bank account for it and stuff and put this over. And I'm like, I can burn through this. This is like my roadway before I have to like make money. Otherwise this thing is, you know, not going to go very far. And this uh, is for costs for, for hosting. Yeah. And, hosting yeah. and uh, software stuff. Like I mm-hmm. updated ScreenFlow, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, there's a lot of research that I looked, went into in this. And then I also, like, I look at a lot of different, um, you know, software educators, so like Code School and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, blog posts are great for these sort of things. And then just, like, internet business as a thing. Like, how, how does it work? And mm-hmm. one of the things I found from that is, like, as a programmer, the, the thought is normally, I will build it and they will come sort of as a thing. But, um, oh, man, what's the what, – who's the guy from uh, Code School? The guy who originally started it. He was from MD Labs. Oh, Pollock. Yeah. Pollock. Is it Greg Pollock? Greg, Greg Pollock, yeah. Yeah, so he had a blog post or something that was basically, like, you know, when we first started out, it was, like, all dev all the time. And then later we added some, like, marketing. And he's, like, once it really, like – balanced out to like where it should have been it was basically like 50 50 so a lot of marketing and and then dev too so i took that like just from the beginning to be like okay keep in mind that it doesn't do you any good to build something if nobody knows it exists so i i've done a lot with that and that's why i brought my buddy to this airbnb is because he wanted to kind of siphon off some of that knowledge or it was less than he wanted to siphon it more like i was like dude i think i can help you with some of this like structuring your figuring out what your like mission is for what you're working on and going and doing something with that. Now, is he a dove or is he, he is, he is not actually, this is like totally, uh, he, he used to program, but it, he's not building a software business at all. He's, he's, uh, actually he's sort of in that spot where he like, he knows he wants to do his own thing and he's trying to figure out what it exactly it is that, that he should be building. And so I took him through some, um, basically just like exercises more or less to sort of be like, okay, maybe we can find something that like totally makes sense for you to like start in a business. And, uh, I think it was really informative for him and you like learned a bunch of stuff. So where uh, did you, uh, where would you guys stay at for this Airbnb? Was it in town? Was it? It was in Fort Wayne. So yeah, it was, it was pretty close. It was far enough away that it was like, you know, we weren't at home, didn't have like home responsibilities. He has a wife and a kid. Um, I, I have a wife and a college kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we were off and just like, we could be focused. So like I put in, you know, I think I put in nine or 10 hours of like straight, just working on, uh, my course stuff on Saturday. I think I wrote like 4,000 words and like recorded like seven or eight videos. Um, so yeah, that was pretty what was your, beneficial. What was your end goal for your own, for your own stuff? For me, I just wanted to, uh, from start to finish, make a course and release it and so i did that was my that was my free course it pro- i mean the entire course is probably like if you sat down and go through it it's probably like an hour's worth of content i try to keep it in really small chunks that way you can actually get where you need to go and this is for docker this is your docker course yes this is my like beginner to docker course so what my my first like my first tutorial is uh about docker and i, th- I don't know what i called it it was like up and running with docker in 15 minutes or something and i take you from like zero to like publishing an image on docker hub but the problem is is i didn't explain what the heck docker was in that video so you have these problems where there's like some uh some context missing and one of the things that i've been kind of learning as i've been studying other online educators and this and that is that you can get almost any piece of content on the internet for free it's just a matter of like 
if you want all of the pieces of content, then you're going to have to go to a lot of different sources. So making something that is contextual and the content that you want is the valuable part, not necessarily the, the information that's inside of it by itself. Yeah, I think there's also, um, it depends on what you want to see. So if you want, like, if you are completely unfamiliar with Docker, right, you may watch this tutorial, right, or this, this course. Mm-hmm. But if you want to find a specific thing on how to do in Docker, that's kind of where you go somewhere else. So that's why I like the fact that you're releasing both kind of a, a blog post as well as a video because people that are trying, trying to do either of those things may land up in the same in the same area. Yeah. Do you know and, what I mean? Yeah. And the, the funny thing, that, like the blog post, is literally just the script that I write before I record my video. And right. I, don't, I don't read from a script, um, but it's like it's an outline that just has a ton of text on it in case I do, I kind of forget what I'm supposed to be talking about at a certain point. Yeah, it's kind of like writing a talk. You know, it's like you, you kind of outline it, create your, your slides. Some, some of those slides have scripts, but you don't read it from them. You just kind of, they're just there to kind of guide you to the next thing. Yeah, except for I'm seriously a little weird about talks. Well, anytime I give a conference yeah. talk, it's always one of the... I mean, for nev- me. Yeah, well, I get every, to each his own, right? Everybody yeah. does it a little bit differently. I have this thing where I'm like, man, I'm going to have as little words on the screen as possible. I'm going to explain this stuff. And what do I do? I always go over by like 25 minutes. That's why I haven't spoken to a user group in a long time. It's because I take too long. So, um, so you got your, your course up. This is, this is different from the Docker stuff that you had out. This is kind of like rewritten with, with more context, with more content. Yeah, so it's the, the bad part about having a video, right? So like most people come to that content through YouTube. And YouTube only gives you so much. And people don't actually read stuff in the description too often. So like even though they could go to my website and get more uh, of the context. Like you can actually see the code samples and this and that. Uh, not as many people do that as uh, you would think. Like, yeah, it's, it's pretty small. And the first couple of videos, I didn't actually, the blog post associated with it is like basically like, hey, I did this thing. And then it's like an embedded video. So the first couple really are not good, but I'm probably not going to even go- bother going back and like updating those. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, my workflow has vastly improved since then. So these are, and actually, I actually I reused some of the video from uh, one of my early tutorials because I had like a good like slideshow kind of thing going on. So I reused that, did some more editing on it, and broke it into more succinct chunks as uh, one module inside of this course. So, and then what are you using for your courses? So, course is just basically um, a series of, of videos. Is that right? Yeah, it's, I use uh, this thing called Teachable. So if you go to teachable.com, you can start a school and you can build out your courses from there. And it's kind of neat because you can, your, your entire course, you can break it into modules, which are like just sections that have, a, you know, a succinct grouping to them. And then inside there you have lectures and your lectures can be composed of files, um, quizzes, text, and your files can be like PDFs or uh, audio files or videos. So you, and you can build these as like a combination. It's like Legos, right? So you're like, oh, I'm going to have a video. It's going to be my top piece. And then I'm going to have text underneath it. And then I'm going to enable um, comments on this particular lecture. And people can, can talk on there. So that's the approach I took for this one. And How is that, how is that working out? Um, so I haven't actually done any like marketing-esque uh, 
work on this yet? Well, I mean, how is the Teachable platform working out for you? Were you able to integrate it with your own? Is this like a separate URL? Oh, it's just, okay. So um, Coder Journey is a WordPress site because I wanted to have as little to finagle with as possible. Okay, we're done. We're done. We're done. <laughs> we're done talking. So, yeah, I made a <laughs> wise business move and picked WordPress because I no, it is. don't actually know how to do anything with it. And uh, so this is on a different um, URL. So I have a subdomain for it. So if you go to courses.coderjourney.com, then you can go to my school and uh, all the courses will kind of be here. So somebody can like enroll in the school before they ever like purchase a uh, um, one of my courses. But then if they purchase one, then they get to see that as like, oh, these are my courses. But then they can purchase all of them and kind of share the same sign-in information and whatnot. Cool. But cool. it is a little annoying. Like a couple things bother me. Like I can't get SSL on it. Like I can't give them like a, a SSL cert and have mm-hmm. HTTPS and that makes me mad. Um, so I'm currently resisting the urge to just build my own uh, course platform. I'm not. Well, why would you need SSL to char- start charging for these courses? Well, no. Yeah, you can charge through them. So the payment processing stuff's like actually built into it. Um, you select however, and you can even do like subscription stuff too. Um, hmm. But it just bothers me as a thing, right? Like I want people to yeah, come to this thing sure. and feel like, oh, I'm secure as a yeah, as a thing. I, I, and yeah. and the, the whole web that, should be SSL. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. And Let's Encrypt exists so that you can get free SSL certs yeah. and, uh, you know, actually encrypt things. And it just bothers me. Like I think you can actually have SSL on a teachable uh subdomain but you have to like be on their like $300 a month plan and you have to like send them an email to their technical support or something like that Hmm. so that irritates me but that's not a big enough reason for me to build my own platform so what's your uh, longer term goal as terms as like charging for courses so because so this docker course is free right yeah, this, this first one is, like, very, like, introductory. I'm going to teach you a little bit about the Docker command. I'm going to teach you exactly, like, actually what Docker is so you can kind of conceptualize it in your mind. And we'll go through and we'll, we'll build some containers. We'll build some images. You'll get a grasp on, like, how you can interact with these things. And then from there, I want to have, that's my, like, just in, getting started with Docker. But my next one is actually going to be very focused on uh, Docker as, like, a development tool. So... I use Docker every single day to for application development and like the sense that I, you know, I'm working on a web app that has needs to talk to a database server and needs to talk to a Redis server, um, needs to talk to like memcached or whatever. And using it in that development setting is really nice because you get to simulate kind of that real world. It's sort of like 12 factor except for better because you can literally be like my image is exactly the same. I'm just going to mm-hmm. run it in a slightly different environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but then additionally, it also allows us to have the same like testing benefits. So I want to talk about using Docker for like continuous integration, and continuous deployment, and then talk about orchestration stuff too. So get into a little bit more of the OPSI side that uh, a lot of devs don't necessarily know a lot about, but I actually think mm-hmm. Docker makes it really easy to deploy things. So and then, then you're going to charge for the, for the more advanced course? Yeah, exactly. Point? Yep. Nice. Nice. I like that. I like that um, idea. Um, so what is your plan for the for the coming week? Uh, the plan for the coming week is, so I did get a little bit ahead on uh, scripts this last week. So I have, uh, I released one today, and then next week's is already done. So I also want to get, I want to produce two more videos this week. So I will be effectively three weeks ahead. 
Um, and that will give me a little bit of runway so I can just create one a, one a week for the next foreseeable future and feel like I still have some breathing room and for like when Christmas comes up and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I want to produce two videos over between now and next Monday, for instance. And then um, from the, I also want to have laid out all of the content, not, not all the like actual nitty gritty content for the course, but I want to have my entire outline done. Mm-hmm. And I want to have up a landing page for like pre sign up for a paid Docker course. So nice, nice. Yeah, that's that's my goal for the next. I mean, between now and the next time I talk to you in, in a few weeks. Cool. All right. Yeah. So we're gonna do these these podcasts every two weeks starting out. Uh, we might do maybe once a week as we get better at them. Um, but yeah. So in two weeks, um, I should definitely have my. Um, my conversation piece done the bug fixed and then you will have uh two more tutorials on your rails and a landing page for your docker course yep sounds good cool cool man well i will talk to you in a few weeks talk to you later